man who put Clanfer PG on the map for Wales. He's flirted with the wrestler Adrian Street, and he'll make a song about anything. From Wirral, Merseyside, UK, meet and greet Don Woods. So, a very good day, everybody. It is the 21st of February 2022. Um, well, our weather here in Spain looks very nice. I'm looking out onto the mountain. Lovely, clear definition, blue sky. Okay, a little bit nippy in the morning, but it gets pretty hot by midday. And then as we go to about six o'clock, it'll cool down and you'll need your uh, trekkie bottoms on uh, towards five o'clock. So let's go across to Wirral Merseyside, uh, providing, of course, Wirral has yet not blown away. Uh, as I'm reading, Britain faces full storm of Storm Franklin. Let me just see if Don is there or has he been blown away somewhere. Don, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Vince. Yes, uh... I think I'm, I've just seen my bin go past the window um, with the police car chasing it. I might get a ticket. <laughs> Actually, to be honest with you, we've had Storm Dudley, Storm Eunice. I think Storm Franklin is on its way, whatever that. Uh, and it's all over the news. You see, this is the, this is the headline news. Then they're showing the rivers overflowing. It's the same every year. There's nothing different about it all. And... They have presenters. Um, they try and find a promenade and put a presenter on it and, and look as if she's getting blown around. And they, they try and find these places where the tide is splashing over the promenade. Do you know what? I've seen worse. I've seen bigger, bigger waves and bigger splashes on, on the Egrium in Prom here in the middle of summer with no wind. You know, it's, 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 it was really bad down by the Isle of Wight, apparently. Yeah. You know, they had uh, 155 mile an hour gales. On Friday, I got, I was watching the news and they had all this on, all these overflowing, oh, you gotta, we gotta batten down the hatches. Oh. I walked out of the house here. There was no wind, the sun was shining and the birds were singing. And I thought, well, there you go. If this is Storm Eunice. Anyway, it did pick up during the day, you know, but I don't know. They, they make, they make, they sensationalise it all. It's it's a storm. Tides fl splash over. You know, it's it's not. But here, as you know yourself, on Egremont Promenade, a New Brighton Promenade, the tide splashes over anyway. You know, yeah. even when there's no wind, if it's a high tide, the tide will splash over the top. Every ship goes past, the tide splashes over the prom. You know, and I was watching this, and I thought, well, that, that's hardly. And they're trying to make out the, the, the girl, the presenter's holding her hood down, you know, as if it's really bad. Yeah. It was bad down south. It hasn't been that bad here at all, you know. And, well, and it, floods, it floods every year. And I don't know why they can't divert some of the rivers. You know, they spend $24 million on sending uh, our team out to, to get two medals, you know. <laughs> Uh, just spend the money on something sensible. There's money going everywhere and people are getting flooded every year and they know it's coming because it's exactly the same time every year. You know, divert it. They built canals, for God's sake, in the old days, didn't they, all over the country. Can't they do that? 
to, to divert this water. They know it's coming. I don't know where, the, I don't know why I feel like reading this with a brummy accent, but your headlines this morning, Britain faces full storm of Storm Franklin, rivers burst their banks, train stations are left underwater and 400 homes evacuated as third storm in a week batters UK with 87 miles per hour winds and torrential rain with 450 flood alerts in place. I don't know why. I mean, you know, it just feels it like it needs a miserable, you know, somebody really down on the look voice to read that. Although it, it does, it does say that up to fifty six thousand homes remained without power um, as Britain suffered its third storm in less than a week, with rail commuters told to avoid travelling following severe flooding, landslides and evacuations. I mean, it sounds awful. It's, it really does sound bad. I know you actually live in a nice little peninsula where basically you probably are sheltered by the Welsh mountains with the winds coming from the south and maybe, um, you know, there's a bit of a shelter from the Pennines and uh, anything coming from the north. But, I mean, you, you are totally exposed to everything coming across the Irish Sea. And by the time it's been whipped up across the Atlantic and then across Ireland and then across the Irish Sea, um, I, I know because you've sent me pictures in the past of uh, terrific storms in the, you know, basically, uh, is it that you're just living in a, a very sheltered place and you're very fortunate? Do you think that might be the case? Well, it's, it's, it's not everywhere, the storms. It's in certain places. But what they put on the map is they have it, it's, it, there's a, a weather warning, 100 mile an hour, up to 100. Then they have this big patch on, on the map. Which which sort of sort of comes where we are, and then the other half is winds up to sixty mile an hour, which goes upwards. But I mean, it, it's it's winter. This is going to happen, you know. They, and, and they had a bloke on the on a mount on a on a on a mountain in an Isle of Wight, and it's hundred mile an hour gales, and he's with his wife, and he's saying, "Oh, you can hardly stand up. It's terrible. What's he doing out? What's he doing out there if it's like that? You know, I mean." Uh, it's all sensationalising. I mean, it was bad down south and in, in Cornwall and around there and, and South Wales. But up here, we've had floods. We haven't had that much uh, massive winds here, you know, up, up in the north. We get the floods, we get the rain and, and the lakes, the, the banks of the river overflows and all this. But we get that every year. You know, it's not anything new. Can't they solve it? I mean, maybe I'm completely right. Maybe it's too difficult to solve. But if they can build canals all over the country by hand in a, in the 1800s, you know, can't they divert the have a a system of diverting the water into the sea? I don't know, but it seems to me every year people are going to get flooded out. The same rivers are going to overflow because it's the same every year, means and wind wise. It's it's windy here today. It's blowing, but it always is at this time of the year. The March wind shall blow. You know, it's always the same, and it's as if it's oh, it's it's, it's terrible. You know, oh, the, everything's never been like this before. You know, trees get blown down. That's it. You know, you've just got to be careful. But here, I, I don't know. Um, they had a thing from New Brighton, and, and they were 
they had a guy in New Brighton trying to make out it was blowing a gale, and it wasn't, you know, it was... Anyway. I can remember, I mean, you, you know, going back uh, through our life and some of the headlines, I mean, I can remember, I think it was 1953 when they had some really bad flooding which was over in Norwich and Ipswich and over that way, and it was really, really terrible. So that was 1953, I remember that one. And then I can remember that uh, you had quite a lot in North Wales, not that many years ago. Well, right, you know, maybe 20 years, but I do remember that was pretty bad. And then I can remember Carlisle being flooded, and that was within sort of the last five or six years, I think. Um, so, yeah. yeah, you do remember. I mean, um, Lancashire is is built on the, the fact that there's water and, and the cotton mills of Manchester and the climate of Manchester. We know there's lots of rain there. So I suppose when you think about it, you see, um, these weather patterns, they do alternate and change from year to year, I suppose. I mean, I can remember when we were children, it was always uh, Cornwall and... Uh, the southwest would be sort of really deep snow. And yet when we lived down there, um, I, I remember one day waking up in Perrinporth and um, people out in the streets taking pictures because they'd never seen snow. So yeah. I, I suppose the thing is really, um, we're caught between uh, this dilemma of whether or not the weather is really, really changing to be bad or is this another aspect of trying to get people just totally worried about things? Because yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. When we were kids, where you lived in, in Leeso Road, used to get flooded. Morton around there used to be flooded. All, all Morton was flooded every year. So they built an embankment. Now it's never flooded. You know, they've got a big embankment. I remember it when, when we were kids. Morton used to be flooded all the time in the winter. High tides, and it had come over the fields and, and into the into the little uh, village there. So they built an embankment, which so it's it's never flooded again. Can't they do that in these places? What is the problem? You know, they're spending millions and millions on the Olympic Games. You know, things like that. You know, can't they spend money properly, you know, on, on, on sorting people out? See, their argument is, oh, well, it's a lot of money and it only happens once a year. You see, that that's their argument. Well, it's wrong. You know, it's wrong. No, I think you're, so, you, you, you're totally right because um, when we lived on the world, so I'm going back to about, um, well, I suppose about the year 1982, something like that. I can remember my friend Ross Jackson was a policeman and he came round to our house and he said he wanted to discuss the water plan that they had. It's, he was part of some task force which was um, d designed to help evacuate people if they got this terrible flooding on Liso Road where we lived. And yeah. I mean, you know, it did kind of put the wind up us a little bit because from from what I half expected was some sort of monsoon uh, typhoon or something to arrive within the the imminent weeks. And of course, um, we were on the move not that far after that date. I mean, I don't know how much his uh, prophet uh, prophecy of doom came into it, but it really was. Uh, it, it was really telling us how bad it was going to be. But I suppose, you know, it's 
got to be a little bit of logic in there somewhere. If you live near the coast and you've got a big sea the other side of sort of a, I don't know, a couple of fields, then don't be surprised if now and again the heavy seas come over. And as you say, if they um, built that embankment, I can remember running along that embankment and enjoying the sights of looking across to Liverpool docks, etc. Well, the thing is, see, Morton is lower than the tire. It's lower than sea level parts of Morton, and that was the problem. But but they've built this. They built this embankment, and they've never had any problems since. On a high tide, it only happened when there was a high tide, uh, and and it used to come into the village, and everybody used to get flooded. All the farms and everything were flooded. I remember it. And, and there's pictures on Facebook of it, you know. and but you know they built an embankment, problem solved. You know that that was it. Can't they do that? You see, it's not so much the rivers uh, that, that floods. You can't do much about the rain. I can understand that if it's bucketing down, and 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 you know people's back gardens get flooded. I can understand that, but you know rivers burst in their banks. They, sh- they should be able to solve that, in my opinion. Mm. You know because they've got plenty of money, obviously. To be throwing around on various things, Bill. What is it? Uh, twenty billion BP. Uh, their profit, twenty billion. You know, the money that's flying around is ridiculous, and people's houses are getting flooded. You know, it's 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 hopeless. But the news don't help. You know, they just sort of say, oh, you don't sort of come up with a solution. What you've got to do is, you know, is this anyway, whatever. Well, you look, so, you look at, a, you know, you, you look at a picture. Uh, I'm looking at one of the Met Office have put on to the um, website today. And when you look at a picture of the UK, yeah, it doesn't look very big. And I often make the comment that if you're looking at how you're going to affect climate change, then realistically, uh, I don't think the UK will affect it that much. I mean, no. yes, yeah. you can make things a little bit sort of different if you really work at it. Um, but I mean, if you look at a picture of uh, the United Kingdom, um, just on its own, it looks relatively large. And I do know, for example, if you um, get in your car and you travel the length of the Wirral uh, or Wirral Peninsula, then you're probably talking about, um, I don't know, about 40 minutes, say, from one end to the other. Um, but that's yeah. tiny when you actually then put that in the context of the rest of the United Kingdom. I mean, the, the problem really is, is, as it's been all throughout our lives, people with money um, making decisions which tend to normally just end up in some people getting a few extra bits and pieces, shares yeah. here, there and everywhere, and other people suffering. And, and I don't think it's ever changed over my lifetime. Rather, um, than, rather than a contingency amount of money which they prepare all the infrastructure so that when you get these events, you get less of a problem. Yeah, that's right. You see, people don't care. They just make money. It'll always be like that. You know, money, money, money. You know, climate change. You must buy an electric car. Well, there you go. You know, there you go. That that says it all to me. I'm sounding like you now, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) With my conspiracy. I mean, it's, it's all about that. Not, the climate isn't going to change. It, 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 to my opinion, it's a load of rubbish, in my opinion. You know, the climate change. Oh, summers are warmer. As I, as I said in the past, go to Shrewsbury, go into the into the, um, the museum the there, and 20, 12 feet above your head in the museum is a line 
where the river came up to in the 1800s. 30 feet below you is the river. That's them. What was that? Was that diesel cars? Was it doing that? Uh, yeah. Or diesel horses? <laughs> it's nonsense, mate. The whole thing's not. You can't do much about it. I just shake my head and think, well, get on with it, you know. Well, we go, uh, we go from where I live. Uh, if I travel, say, 10 minutes, we come across the Roman ruins and, um, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of made out that it's something that people should go and see. And yeah, OK, but it just looks like a, a little pile of stones here and there and everywhere. But if you open your mind and see a bit more to it, you can yeah. see that obviously people had to live differently according to the weather patterns. And yeah, of course, yeah. over over our lifetime, uh, I would definitely think that, uh, for example, the winter when we used to get all the snow. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but certainly down in Cornwall when we went to live down there, we were expecting sort of 10-foot drifts every year and there was nothing really uh, arrived. Um, yeah, you, you got a bit of snow. Of course, you did on the moors, but I mean, very little otherwise. And, um, you, you know, you, you, you just get different weather patterns. And I suppose uh, we've... On the on Wirral, it has been a nice little um, sheltered area, hasn't it? Yeah, I think you see. Once when we were kids, we got fog and smog, you know. And I know, okay, they altered. They said you, diesel will solve that problem, which it did. Well, it's, well, there's, we don't get fog or smog anymore. But also. We had coal fires. Yes. And everywhere yes. you went, there was smoke coming out the chimney. That was probably the fog. You know, it, it, it's, we it, know, we don't get any fog or smoke. The, the air's great. You know, can't complain at all about that. Whether it's that or not, I don't know. But I can't really see it being, you know, they were screaming, oh, we must get diesel. That's going to save the world. So we all get diesel cars. Then they whacked the price of the diesel right up, double the price. And, you know, then now now it's old. It's you, you've got to get an electric car. You see, to me, an electric car, it's twenty minutes to to you go into somewhere to charge it up, and it's twenty minutes. And if you're waiting for someone to to charge their car up, it's another twenty minutes. You know, it's forty minutes. It doesn't make any sense to me. And there was I was reading an article yesterday that apparently there's a new crime that's really beginning to sort of gather momentum and it's people stealing the cables from the cars being charged up uh, it doesn't really sort of all go well for the future if if people are going out pinching the cables of p people charging up the cars it, it, yeah, what what they've done they, they've said um if you if you've got your own box to charge your car and, and and put it against your wall it's 1400 quid but the government will give you a thousand pound towards that that's stopping at the end of march so you've got if you want to get an electric car to, to plug into your house outside it's going to cost you uh, 1400 quid but of course the price will drop to 400 won't it now they're not ripping the government off so uh, I don't know, but that, that's that's what's happening, apparently. So there's a panic now to buy these outside things you stick on. My son's got one. It's he, outside his house. He plugs his car in when he gets home, you know. But it's it's stupid, you know. <laughs> to me, it's stupid. But there you go. I, I, I don't know. I just don't get it at all. I don't get electric cars. I mean, we've had electric cars. We had, um, well, I think you mentioned it last week, didn't you? We had... 
the milk milk floats, you know, were electric when they when we were kids. You know, you know what I mean. You drove around all day, didn't you, on a battery, and and all of a sudden, oh, electric. See, it's all money, 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 money. You know that that's the thing. You know that, all that's right. the problem. Uh, I've got a little bit of music just introducing a change of topic as we go next uh, <laughs> to discuss a member of the royal family, or is he a member of the royal family? Uh, Andrew seems to be losing titles and uh, money and popularity and all sorts. So over to Don and the uh, saga of Prince Andrew. Okay, so what's uh, what's actually going on now? Uh, I mean, at root, grassroots level, um, are you and all your friends going to the pub and chatting about Prince Andrew and um, you don't uh, think that... Uh, well, I know that people are making up rhymes about the Grand Old Duke of York. Oh, I've seen that. I know. It's, it's on everything, that one. It's all right. It's funny once, isn't it? Yeah. It's on everything. You know, the, the, he's, he's Andrew, formerly known as Prince. I mean, <laughs> he isn't a prince anymore, is he? Uh, and it's, uh, and he's, he's, gonna, he's settling this, uh, this, this money for this girl he's never met. Uh, mom, mom, can you help me? She's putting in four million or something, the Queen, and it's costing him twelve million or something. But he's never met her, so I'm thinking of going down there and and shouting over the wall, you know, well, you've never met me, Andrew. You know, any chance of a few pop? <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> I is silly, isn't it, to to actually stump if to stump up uh, twenty million if you if you reckon that you've not done anything. Well, um, twelve. Thinking of 12 million. I oh, think. sorry, is it 12 million? Oh, I've, I've just put the price up. But that, that's that's the way we talk <laughs> about millions these days. It's so silly, really, because a million <laughs> is such a whacking great number, isn't it? The thing is, what, what makes me think is this girl has been after him, you know, and, and she, he doesn't want any more trouble. He's such a, he's a bit of a dope, isn't he, really? It, it, you know, I've nothing against the fella, but... He's settling this. Now, I'd like to know whether that 12 million goes into the charity she's saying it's going to go into. That needs checking out. Or is it going to go into her purse? You know, the the, the lady that was, oh, so offended and and injured. And, you know, that'll be interesting to see where it goes. Or, Or are they going to check up on that? I mean, just to pay out 12 million for something you reckon you haven't done. It's very silly to me, but I think he might be panicking in case he, he goes over to America and ends up in jail. Well, it, it was like that football story, Katzuma, uh, la- last week, uh, where basically the, the guy had kicked the cat, if you remember, the West Ham footballer. Yeah. Well, yeah. I read in the paper later that apparently they did a check to see the money was supposed to be uh, going to the RSPCA, and they did a check, and up till the time that paper was being published, um, there was no money paid in. So, yeah, I mean, you read these things and you do wonder, well, is anything going to go? Because, you know, obviously now the Queen has suddenly caught uh, COVID and um, that'll be the headline rather than the money and Prince Andrew. I mean, I think she's probably been advised to have COVID, hasn't she? Yeah, well, it's, uh, that, that's, <laughs> that's, convenient. Yeah, that's covered the story, hasn't it? You see, it's I don't get it. I just don't get it. He's on wandering round, and, and they, they always show him in his red uniform with his medals and his 
you know, his, his coat buttoned right up to the collar, walking around looking very important and very arrogant, which is what he is. Uh, well, he's arrogant. He's not important anymore. But, you know, if he hasn't done anything, if he says he hasn't met the girl, you know, he reckons that's not him on the photograph, which... You know, I, 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 that photograph to me where he's got his arm around that girl looks to me like it's photoshopped. Mm-hmm. I've said that from the very beginning. Yeah. Maybe it isn't, but he's saying he's never met the girl. Well, if he's never met the girl, how can they prove anything? You know, and now he's to get it out of his life or give it 12 million. You know, very nice, isn't it? That, that, that will... Uh, give a lot of other girls a lot of ideas, I would have thought, well, you know, to uh, cash in. I don't know how they prove it. I don't know how they prove that you've had sex with somebody 20 years ago. Uh, and, you know, they haven't said anything since then. Oh, I'm mentally disturbed. I don't know how they prove it, to be honest. It, it's, well, it's I mean, the whole amazing. thing, the, the way things are at the moment, Don, the whole thing could be a setup from a residential area on Wirral Merseyside. There could be somebody sitting down planning all this, um, you know, somebody who might in another life have been maybe a record producer or a singer or something like that, and uh, this person has decided that he'll come up with this fictitious uh, lady, photoshops, busy upstairs, photoshopping the uh, the picture, getting it in the media, and then having a pal in America carry it on. I mean... You just wouldn't know what the hell to believe about anything at the moment. No, it's just bonkers, no. isn't it? I forgot to ask you, by the way, what did you think of the words or the names of Storm Dudley, Storm Eunice, and now Franklin? I mean, um, they, they must have a special department for, for dreaming up yeah. these names, mustn't they? Well, the country's full of people trying to justify their jobs, you see. You, the, the, bloke, the people that think up, oh, we'll call it Storm Eunice. He's probably on about 50 grand a year. So he must be sitting there thinking, God, you know, how am I going to justify this money? I know I'll think of names of storms. It's pathetic. It's absolutely <laughs> pathetic. It's Americanized. I'm sick and tired of Americanized stuff, you know, 24 7 and have high fives. And I'm sick of it all, to be honest. Well, with, I spe- with, with we, it- come from a, we come from an area where we speak standard English. Yeah. No, sorry, where we talk standard English. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, the thing is, with it, with it being the royal year, would it not be nicer to have Storm Andrew and then the next one, Storm Charles? <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> hey, I'll put that forward. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, look, it's pathetic. it's pathetic. And then we've got Charles with his cash for honours. That's the next thing. You see, they're out to get them, aren't they? At the moment, you know, yes. the witch hunters are out. The royal family are, are targets at the moment because there's nothing else to target. You know, so they'll come in, Andy. We'll we'll go for them. And Charles with his cash for honours, allegedly. This is now the way I understand this is there's some bloke, some Arab or whatever he is, I don't know what he is, he is paying out, putting money into Charles's charity, like a millions, millions into Charles's charity to get a knighthood or, or a title. That's how I see it. Well, what's wrong with that? You know, if there's money going into a charity, what's wrong if he wants to be called sir, if he's stupid enough to think that means anything, then... 
I can't see what's wrong with that. And they're making it out as if, oh, it's a crime, you know, cash for honours. I mean, if the fellow's putting money in, well, what's the problem? You know, a knighthood is a joke these days. It's an absolute joke. No, Ask Sir Ringo or, or, or <laughs> Sir, Sir Mick Jagger. Sir, Sir Anton Deck, it's coming. It's Sir, on the oh, way. Oh, don't start me. Don't start me. You do it every week, mate. Don't start me on Anton Deck. <laughs> Sir Anton Deck, yeah. I mean... I can't see the problem with that. I mean, I've tried to. I mean, unless unless uh, the cash isn't going into his charity, perhaps. But if if there's money going into the charity, well, what is the problem? Well, look, okay, give let the fellow call himself, sir. You, you know, you, uh, know, you know my you know my uh, theories and everything. Look, I'm not a royalist. I do like, like the Queen. I think she's worked really tirelessly. And I think yeah. it's a part and parcel of this brigade, and there's a lot of them, who are trying to make England not as powerful as it is, no matter what um, other people might think, that there is something going on. Because if you think about it, I mean, the, Harry's in his problems, so then they go to Andrew, then they go to Charles. Um, the, the, I mean, they can't find anything on Anne at the moment, although don't be surprised if somewhere she's had a whip in her hand once and hit a horse so that, um, you know, it it would do something. That'll come up at some time in the future. Oh, uh, yeah, about to, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe. maybe it doesn't matter, though, you see, because I don't, a lot of people don't take any notice. I don't. I'm not a royalist at all, but I, I think the Queen is fantastic. I'd like to shake her hand and say, I sympathise with you with that lot you've got to put up with over the years because she's a fantastic lady, fantastic lady. Yeah, but, I, know, I agree, by the way. And she's, she's, what, what they forget is the royals bring money into the country, tourist-wise. You, know, they, 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 you know, they, they do bring money in and they, they're the head of state. And as you say, people are trying to change this, but it, they're only going to change it if people take any notice. You know, which a lot of I suppose a lot of people will, because a lot of people are thick, aren't they? Well, we, uh, I mean, the whole the whole thing. If people bother to look and see the bigger picture, I mean, you know, you've got. Um, I read about a month ago that there's no way that uh, Russia is going to invade until the Olympic Games are over because their pals in China have spent money putting together these games um, and they've got to do it before the winter comes. So it'll be after the games, just before the winter. I mean, that's what I was reading. Now it looks like, um, you know, it doesn't look good. So, yeah, I mean, the thing is you can... I think there's evidence around if you look for it. Now, most people don't do what we do and what I do with my other correspondents, which is look at the news and look for the hidden bits, the bits that other people aren't really picking up. You know, the fact that if you look at Britain now um, and if you were to switch on to the radio and TV stations, it, it suddenly has changed its ethnicity has changed. Look at the adverts. Everything's changed. You know, um, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a secret member of the royal family that will sort of come out the woodwork who's from one of the, uh, you know, the former colonies or something. I mean, it's just getting more and more bizarre every day. And much as much as I'm not a royalist, I don't see a good alternative to having a royal family because I really don't think there is one at the moment. No, well, the thing is, yeah, you're right. The thing is, the news is aimed. It's not aimed at people like me and you. Because I look at the news and laugh. I just yeah. think it's just pathetic. You know, and they have people outside 
if there's a storm blowing 50 mile an hour, 60 mile an hour outside, why don't we in the studio? What is the point? It's said, but they're aiming it at the people who run out and buy toilet rolls when they're told there's going to be a shortage and they go out and fill their trolleys with toilet rolls. Or even there, won't, there isn't a, a petrol shortage. It's just a shortage of drivers. So don't queue for petrol. So out they go, miles of queues for petrol. That's who the news is aimed at, people like that, who don't think, they don't look, they don't think logically. They, they, they're so bothered about their own little lives. You know, oh, we might be short of toilet rolls, so we'll go and buy a ton of them from Tesco's. And you see them coming out, well, oh, we did do, with, 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 with you know, Trolleys full of toilet rolls, you know. They're off the trolleys. That's the thing. They're. Off. I'm gonna play. Yeah. I'm gonna play a little, little bit of music to to bring in our next topic. Here it comes. <laughs> just just to give you, time, just to give you time to get your breath back. <laughs> okay, so we're looking this time at Tom Daly. Yeah, I don't get this. This is another thing I don't get. Tom Daly running and cycling and whatever else for charity. You see, we have people climbing mountains or walking across the ice caps for charity. Why? They do it anyway. You know, it's like me saying, I think I'll go um, to Spain and sit beside, sit by the side of a pool and sunbathe for charity. You see, the, to me, charity has is like a two-way thing, really. You know, the Cheshire Cats, who I play for every week, uh, it's a jam session, and we raise money. We're, we're not a charity concern, but we ra we're fundraisers. We raise money for charity. We give it to a local hospice, for example, a, a children's hospice. And But, you see, we charge pound fifty to get in to see to see five four to five group live groups which you know is is very good value but that that is not an entrance fee it's a donation mm -hmm. that money goes directly to clear house or or whatever charity we're going to give it to directly nobody gets paid none of the musicians get paid but what we're doing we're giving the donators if you like the uh the one people that pay one pound fifty to get in, we're giving them something. We're giving them entertainment, you know, for for their money. See Tom Daly running around, cycling around for charity. You know, okay, you, 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 as he runs along, he's got a a bucket of having people money in. Well, what are they getting for it? Nothing. Publicity. You know? Listen, uh, Tom Daly, brilliant, brilliant diving exponent. Um, and also one of the celebrity knitting people who, he, he, while he's waiting to dive, he gets his knitting needles out and he knits for uh, the baby or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, OK, look, great, great. But there are people everywhere in Britain. There are people over here on the Costa Blanca all giving their time to raise money for things that often the government should be making the yeah, donation well, for. Right. That's right. You see, to, to raise... It's, you see, you'd do it anyway, you know, for charity. They're doing it for, see, we haven't heard of Tom Daly for a while. So out he goes, oh, Tom Daly. See, it's, it's for their own publicity, really. They're giving nothing. You know, they're just running, running around and, and people are putting money in, I suppose. But what the point I'm making is the donators don't get anything. 
for it. It's not like as if there's a show. See, we, we put this show on every week and we raise £150 a week on average. And when it gets to a, a couple of grand, we give it just give it away to to the hospice. But see, we've give but we've given something to the donators. People pay one pound fifty, and some people actually moan about one pound fifty. You know, can you believe? But uh, it's see to me that's what it's about raising money. But you're giving something back, which costs nothing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, just yeah. to, just to run run along or climb 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 a mountain or swim swim up and down the um, Thames, you know, raising money for charity. Well, you could do that anyway, couldn't you, for nothing? Well, it's you know, like I, you've got to really put the perspective on because, you know, for many years when I was playing for the Radio Merseyside football team and then the Showbiz football team, uh, we'd have a great football match. People would come. They would um, obviously make money for the charities and then we'd have a concert afterwards and all the Showbiz stars would do a little turn. And But we enjoy it as well. Come on. It gives yeah. us something to do. So, you know, I never, ever sort of thought of anything other than, wow, looking forward to this. Sunday we're playing the football match and then we're going to do the, the concert. I mean, it was just something that we did and collectively it made some good, great money, actually, for... Uh, d different charities now the thing about this is it's only one person getting a lot of publicity for doing something that he probably quite enjoys i mean i mean you exactly you know like, exactly. if you were just knitting all the time and then climbing up and down uh the the top diving board and jumping off i mean life would get a little bit boring wouldn't it really you know hell yeah you see we, we enjoy i don't do it to particularly for the charity to play i, I play because i enjoy playing on a Wednesday night, keeps me hand in, you know, and, and uh, meet the lads. But it, it makes money. But we're giving something for the money we make. That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm, uh, you know I don't stand up and say, oh, we're doing this. for It's like Tom Daly. Like you just said, he probably enjoys running and cycling. Oh, I think I'll, I'll do it for charity. Well, you know, it doesn't make any sense if, if the if the donators aren't getting anything back at all. Well, you, you see, it will cut the... the, the the accolades will come later because I remember down in Cornwall, I was coming out one particular day, get on the road to work and, you know, there was a big hold up and it was um, uh, Ian Botham and he was walking from oh, Land's End to John O'Groats. Well, you know, that's your choice, mate, because basically there are buses and there's trains and there's bikes and there's all sorts you can do to get from there to there. But if you want to make money, that is wonderful. But of course, at the back of it was the fact that you'll become sir and you know exactly, for... exactly. you hit the nail right on the head that's it that's that says it all mate they're doing it for their own publicity that's it you know whether they think see to me i don't want any publicity i don't want to be known i've never wanted to be famous i'm not interested in fame at all give me the money when i was playing that's all i want <laughs> and this gives me the opportunity to, to, I wouldn't play for nothing, but I do for this because it, it, it's a yeah, it's a good cause, you know. I know, I know it's making money, and I know where the money's going, and and it all goes, as I say, to to the local children's charities, which is great. We've done it for years and years, but we're giving something back. We're giving something to people who are donating, you know. That that's okay. That's it. What's Tom Daly doing anyway? That's here's, it. Here's here. the music for the next one. Now then, this is a real storm. 
And this is a time that Don was joined by the Tide at a local gig back in 1980. I've got the pictures to prove it, by the way, Don. I've actually got the picture up in front of me on my website. It looks horrendous. And I remember you telling me about this, but tell everybody, because it really does put the perspective on the weather patterns that we've got today. And we go back to 40 years, 1980-ish. Yeah. Well, the it, it, on, on in New Brighton on, on Wirral, Wirral, <laughs> there's a, it was a New Brighton. You had the biggest baths, I think, in Europe at one stage, the biggest outdoor baths, yeah. bathing pool, massive, and part of them, it was right on the coast. Uh, these baths were built right on, um, and, and the back of them actually was on the promenade. So there was a, a Across the promenade was where the tide came in. That was the, the beach, the shore. And um, the, at the back, right at the back of the baths, adjacent to the, 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 the sea, was this ballroom called the Riverside um, Ballroom. And we played, we were resident there for a long time in the band going back. And uh, we played that. It was, a, I think, it was a Tuesday night, and I remember it was for Alan King, who was the captain of Tramia, and it was his his do. We had, he had a family do there, and we all we got up on the stage and we were playing. Next thing, the tide comes in. It was a high tide, and we could hear it crashing outside. So you look through the curtains, and there's these cars floating past. <laughs> It had lifted cars up out of the car park. The tide had come over the wall, and it was it was taking the, all these cars down the road and dumping them into the marine lake. Wow. And I went out. I thought, blimey, I went, I went outside quick because I had a minivan then for me gear, and the back of it was floating up. So I drove round the corner out of the way, and I thought, well, that's all right. And then carried on playing on the stage. Next thing... The tide smashed the promenade to pieces. Wow. It abs- this wave absolutely smashed it, and it lifted one of these cars going past up, up in the air, and threw literally threw it through the window of the of the riverside. Smashed all the wall of the riverside. So the tide just came in right across the floor. Wow! And I, and I always remember there was a girl walking across the floor with drinks on a tray. She went. You know, A over T, and uh, she she got carried to the other end of the floor. Chairs and tables, waves coming. Fortunately, we were on the stage, so we, you know, if we'd have been on uh, at level with the floor, I don't know what would have happened. So that was it. So a big hole in the wall. Everybody getting shifted up onto the balcony. Panic stations. Um, we got the gear off the stage up onto the up onto the top, and that was it. So. Of all the places to be, you know, you couldn't be in a worse place for the worst storm in, in the history of Wirral. You couldn't be in a worse place. And we were playing there in a band. And I remember looking out, out the hole in the wall out to sea thinking, what a way to end my musical career. <laughs> you know, I'm going to drown just floating out to sea singing Living Dull, you know. And uh, it, it, was, it was horrendous. And the fire brigade couldn't get in. Because he couldn't get round the front because of the, the 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 tide, it was just it was just flying down the front. There was cars going everywhere, and uh, the, we couldn't get out the back because all the doors were locked and nobody had the key. You know, real mm. intelligent stuff. You know, 
Anyway, that was the end of New Brighton Baths. It well, was wiped out. It was, um, it was that, just, you know. just to put a little bit of a perspective and dimension onto this, uh, when you talk about the, the swimming baths, I judged a Miss um, New yeah. Brighton contest at um, one of the... Uh, there were two big pools, weren't there? Um, yeah, there was a Derby, Derby hmm. pool and, and the New Brighton Baths. New Brighton was much bigger. I saw your photograph with your long hair. <laughs> Right. I, I, laughed for, I laughed for about half an hour, by the way. <laughs> well, listen, I'll tell you what else I saw today um, going through Facebook was, uh, again, just to give our listeners a, a, a shading of what existed, because um, New Brighton is directly across the river from uh, the River Mersey from Liverpool. And we used to have a tower and on the, 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 well, not far from where Don's talking about with his gig, this tower was about, well, it's almost the same size as the Blackpool Tower. It was massive, but it even was bigger. Was well, bigger than Blackpool Tower. Thanks for that, Don, because I, I couldn't yeah. remember whether it was bigger or, yeah. you know, but yeah. I, I knew it was massive. And of course, the other thing is we used to have stock car racing around a football stadium. And yeah. the, the football stadium, I saw some pictures today, was uh, to do with when uh, Spurs came to play New Brighton in the 50s. And apparently the ground would hold about 80,000 people. Yeah. I used to go every week to watch the Rakers, New Brighton Rakers, they called them. Wow. And, wow. and they got through. They got through to, uh, they beat Accrington Stanley, and then they beat, I think it was Torquay. And this is in the FA Cup. And, it, and, and in the Wallasey News, it had, look out, Burnley, here come the Rakers. <laughs> so the Rakers go to Burnley and lost 9-0. <laughs> so... That was the end of the, the the end of their cup run. But I used to go every week. Why did why did it finish? I know there was a fire in the tower, uh, so that would explain the tower going because there was a great ballroom, the same as there is at Blackpool. But yeah. uh, why did the why did the football finish? I just think they ran out of money and people weren't supporting them. I think what happened with the Rakers. Uh, they're still going, but they play in Harrison Park, a place called Harrison Park. They don't have anybody watching now. But I think, uh, I think what what it was 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 the, because I think the nine nil loss didn't help. They lost a lot of supporters, and and people stopped going. I think, and that was it. That was the end of New Brighton. It just faded away, and and it's uh, the ground's gone now. There's houses on it and everything. But like you say, they they then used it for stock car racing. And because it was originally, I don't know if you know, was originally a uh, a, tra a track, a cycle racing cycle track. Wow, like a vel velodrome type of thing, or an outdoor track, anyway. Yeah, it was it was it was banked up either side, so they had all these top cyclists there. This was wow. before it became a football ground. Mm. I don't remember that was before my time, but Reg Reg, it was the cyclist Reg. Ah, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. Somebody, he, he was world champion, wasn't he? He used to appear there a lot. I'll try and, and remember uh, that name. Look, I've got a big, big intro coming up again. Okay, so we're going to put twenty-four million pounds on the table. Twenty-four million pounds. Uh, yeah. Now, this is to do with two medals. Yeah. And the Winter Olympics. Okay, so what have we got now? I mean, twenty-four million for the Winter Olympics. I'm sure the athletes had a good time, and I'm delighted for them. 
but we get two medals out of it all in curling. You know, the hard men of curling. <laughs> curling. And they're always Scots, because the Scots are very good at curling. So I, I can see next time the Scots going on their own because <laughs> they won the two medals. But, you know, two medals, is it worth the effort? That's like 12 million a medal. You know, it's an awful lot of money to pay. But, uh, and, and to be honest, it's on all day or it was on all day and it's boring. I, it's, it's, I can't watch it. It's this. It's just too boring. Well, to well this year, you know, I, I wouldn't watch it, Don, on principle, because to uh, to look at the fact that China caused the worldwide uh, pr problem with the virus yeah. and then, yeah. you know, have the cheek, the effrontery to have these games and then lurking in the background, this blooming uh, Russia ready to uh, invade Ukraine. So for me... That, that was why I wouldn't watch it. But let me just quickly tell you, I used to work for an agent called Golden Vickers, who you might remember the name. Uh, Chester, yeah, Chester-based. And um, I worked for the agency when I did my Radio 1 appearance. And um, anyway, the reason why I mention it is because Golden Vickers represented um, Britain at um, curling. So there we are. That's just oh, right. a, a lesser-known yeah, yeah. fact. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it, it it doesn't make any sense to me because because we're not a a winter country, are we? You know, here we don't have the skiing in the snow. It's not like living in Switzerland where it's it's part of life. Yeah, you know, to me, it's just boring. You know, watching it. The only the only funny thing I saw, I don't know if you saw it on Facebook, was the two girls at the downhill slalom. Did you see it? And they had their skin tight. Um, Thing, thing uh, like her on, and they're, they're bending down, pushing the ski backwards and forwards to go. <laughs> and the back of one of them bursts open. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. What she, what she must think now, I don't know. But uh, as I say, that was, on, that was all over Facebook, and it was really, really funny. But uh, uh, you know, I think well, she don't, must don't, be... um, don't Jamaica have a bobsleigh team as well that that turns up or it's some one of the West Indian countries, isn't it? Um, yeah, so yeah, the bobsleigh. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's it's like when you try to make everything global, which they're trying to do with everything. Everything's got to be globalized. Uh, I think there are certain things which show you quite clearly that if you've got a team representing the UK, but you know we don't have the weather or the facilities really to practice. Um, then yeah. you're not going to do too well in the downhill skiing, for example, even though Eddie the Eagle did did manage to do what Tom Daly did, only he did it with skis on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, to me, he's the, he's the most famous loser of all time, <laughs> isn't he? Isn't, you know what I mean? Just... <laughs> it's, and they had a film on him. You know, you lose because you actually managed to do a ski jump. And they had a film on his life and everything. I mean, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe it's it's nice. It's like this Bez fella on the, on the ice dancing. Bez, you know, I mean, he can't skate. He cannot skate. He's even got a crash helmet on in case he falls over. And this is the dancing on ice. And he's got through every round. Fortunately, uh, last night he was knocked out at last. They've got professional dancers who, who have taken, 
uh, ballroom dancers who are putting skates on them and, and they're, they're going around. And he comes on and he's sliding around on his behind. You know, he's absolutely hopeless and gets through every week. You know, why? I don't know. Well, but, yeah, I mean, this is part and parcel of the, um, the the allure of the TV. I mean, let's see how silly we can get. Let's see. If, I was like I was watching your two friends, Anton Deck, uh, just happened to be in the room <laughs> when they were. They had this other guy, Mulhern, I think is, is, he's called, and he was supposed to be President Trump up in the air. And I mean, he looked oh, nothing yeah. like him. And, you know, the sketches were stupid and it was all shouting and noise. Boys, rather than some classy, you know, singer or comedian. But I suppose you can't have the same thing all the time. So, you know, that's why they put on Anton Deck and, you know, it feeds the sheep. I mean, really, if, if they had everybody sitting there with sheep outfits on, maybe that would make it more um, more acceptable to the likes of us. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah I, I can't watch them. I just cannot watch them. Uh, and I don't watch them because of what I say about them, and it would be it wouldn't it wouldn't be right if I got caught watching them. I can't watch them. I mean, I like I like them as blokes. They're all right. I just don't think they've got any talent. Well, I don't think all. they have. In fact, I mean, I've even got Anne saying it to me now. Um, Anne was watching it. And she whispered across to me. She said, "I know we'll be watching this." <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, they, they're a double act, and there's one too many. Yeah. <laughs> or, I, you know, I, I can't see the point of the two of them. It, it's I don't know. Well, they just get they just get on my nerves. Oh, I would never have guessed. They get on your nerves, Don. <laughs> I told you not to get me going on them, didn't I? <laughs> okay, well now uh, this week you're going to tell us about a song from back in the fifties. Yeah, and I heard this song on the radio act. That's why I brought it up. Um, I heard it recently. Uh, this song, to me, is a masterpiece, an absolute masterpiece for what it is, and I'll tell you why. See, nowadays. You, I know I'm old school and and the music I like. I like all sorts of music, but I like a song which, if it's a story song, then I like lyrics. I'm not bothered. I like like novelty songs like I could do with the lyrics. Don't matter. You know, I will do, do. It doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter there. And we used to play it in the band and it used to go down great. And I like it. You know, I like all that, that sort of nonsensey songs. But a good song, I do like good lyrics. And I think the other week uh, you played um, uh, Jailhouse Rock. Lyrically, it's brilliant. Lipstick on your collar is brilliant. I thought so at the time. We're going right back to the late 50s. Connie Francis. And it, it tells the story of a girl at a party and a fella goes out to, to you know, to, told me you were going out, went for a soda pop, you see. It's all, and the, the rhyming is great, you know. When you left me all alone at the record hop, told me you were going out for a soda pop. And you were gone for quite a while, half an hour or more. You came back and, man, oh, man, this is what I saw. He had lipstick on his collar. You see, and it tells you this story, and the, the tune's great. Um, but there's a classic line in it where he says to her, "You know, you, you told me, uh, you you told me it belonged to me." This is the girl saying it, and it made me stop and think. Then I noticed yours was red, 
and mine mine is baby pink you see the lyrics are great funny brilliant you know she the fella's dropped himself right in it. He's nipped out. And you can see it happening, you know, with the song. The lyrics are so good, followed by the most fabulous guitar solo yeah. in it. Yeah. And, and the backing is great. And the, apparently the lad who played the solo is only about 17. Wow. I, I, I didn't know his name. Was. But the record is fantastic. When you compare it with modern stuff you know even like love me do you know it's, it's an anton deck <laughs> you see see penny lane is a good song but penny lane is descriptive see mm. you, you see you have a song with a story lyrically see i write songs about Wirral, and they're descriptive you see i try and make the lyrics good i, I think they're good whatever whatever anyone else thinks they're entitled to but you see, songs that say nothing. You have these songs on that say nothing at all. Well, you know, and, and everyone's trying to get in on the act and, and you get these boy bands and they all go, oh, well. so they get their voice on in the background and it's meaningless. Well, Don, you know, I like a song that's either descriptive or tells a story or there's a reason for the song, you know. As you tell us about this song, I've got a little surprise for you. First of all, Conchetta Rosa Maria Francanero, as she is actually born or was born, uh, obviously professionally became Connie Francis, uh, fluent in Yiddish, apparently, um, and she can sing in that language. And I mean, there's so much more to her. So uh, I'm going to get you to uh, introduce the song. We'll play it. And then I'm going to tap on the end a little surprise for you, which is not really well known and it's her first hit which doesn't really get mentioned i'd never heard of it so uh, tell us what the song is i'll play it and then straight after that i'll put that on specially for you i think i know what you're going to put on i won't say anything i think i think i know what you're going to do right uh, ladies and gentlemen this is one of my favorite songs from the 50s and still remains one of my favorite songs. It's fabulous. Never get tired of hearing it. Connie Francis singing Lipstick on Your Collar.
every time. 